Thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday morning. A little different online, but the incredible thing is literally millions of people around the world are worshiping the risen Savior on Easter Sunday morning, sitting at their iPad, watching their computer, looking at their phone. We're doing this together, and that's what Easter is really all about, together as believers worshiping the risen Savior. Thank you for joining us here at National Heights. Thank you for all your faithfulness. I hear wonderful reports about several of our groups who've either been meeting online in a video format, in an email format. Some of our groups have just been phone calling, checking up on folks. What a blessing it is to have such good people here at National Heights who care about one another, who are praying about each other, who are checking up on each other, and know that we're praying for you here at uh, NHBC. I'm also so grateful for the many, many of you who have been tremendously faithful in your giving. What a blessing it's been to, to see how you've struggled through this. And it, obviously we're uh, separated from our regular ways that we give on Sunday mornings, but you have continued to be so faithful, and thank you for that. This time of year we normally have our Annie Armstrong Easter offering for North American missions. Uh, we would be doing our week of prayer for that and be promoting that very heavily. Several of you have given to the Annie Armstrong offering already, and we thank you for that. We've been thinking and praying through what would be the best strategy for that. We know this is a difficult time for folks for a lot of reasons, not only that we're disconnected, but some people are challenged financially right now. And so we thought that although we will definitely send on any of your Annie Armstrong offerings that come in, we will send those to the North American Mission Board just as we always would have done. We're going to put our, our full promotion of that offering off until we're all able to gather together again. So whenever that happens, uh, we'll take some time to make sure that we have an opportunity to support our North American missionaries in, in an appropriate manner and, and help the good news of Christ go out around North America. So be listening, be watching. We'll be sharing with you more about how we'll do that once we're able to gather back together. But thank you this morning as we gather online to give thanks to God that Jesus is alive. Let me pray with you this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can celebrate, even during a time when there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknown, Lord, we can celebrate as believers because we know Jesus lives for that great truth. And for that wonderful hope, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. It was a powerful day, but it didn't start that way. The women were walking on a journey they thought they would never take. As the sun began to appear over the horizon, they walked a very dusty trail headed toward a cemetery. And their task was not anything you would desire. No one would want to do what they were about to do. Because Jesus' death on the cross had occurred just as the Sabbath was beginning, they'd not had time to prepare his body appropriately for burial. And so now, three days later, they were going to finish that task. Just the women, mind you. The brave disciples, oh, they were off somewhere hiding in fear for their lives. 
The women, on the other hand, did not let their fear stop them. They would make this last gesture of love for their Savior, even if that meant endangering their life. At least they hoped they could do what they had planned to do. As they walked, they they realized there was a, a significant problem. A large stone now blocked the entrance to the tomb where Jesus' body had been laid. And the women were discussing amongst themselves how they would move that stone. They had watched as Jesus' body was placed and as several men worked tremendously hard to get that stone placed and it fell into that position where it was designed to stay for the rest of time. No one was supposed to be able to get in there. And the women didn't know what they were going to do. But it turned out to be a moot question. When they arrived, the stone was not in front of the entrance Anymore, someone had rolled it away. This Easter, as believers, we join to celebrate. We join together online. We join together listening to audio. We join together maybe in our living room, maybe back on the back porch. But we join together no less. In a celebration that stretches all the way back to the first century, The resurrection changed everything. Certainly changed a man by the name of Paul. He was transformed from an executioner to a man who shared the gospel of life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, he describes what his ministry had now become. When I came to you... Brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This formerly powerful political leader now knew only one thing mattered. Jesus died on the cross and three days later rose from the grave. There are a lot of things in life that we might think would matter. Part of the problem in the Corinthian church was that they thought there were a lot of things that were very significant, important items, things they needed to figure out, things that mattered. Their their focus had become on on who should be their leader, on which of their membership was, was more important than the other. After all, doesn't everything hinge on, on good leadership? Don't we need to know who's the one in control, who has the power, who has the authority? And by the way, I think that ought to be me. All that would have been important for the Corinthians. If it wasn't for how important the main thing was. Paul knew what the main thing needed to be. 
He writes in verse 3, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Paul didn't come to the Corinthians or any other city that he visited with persuasive words. Not that that would have been a bad thing. But Paul did not want the Corinthians to place their faith in the wisdom of some man. Because he knew that a church built on the wisdom of men ultimately would fall. But a church built on the power of God. Now that was a church that not only would stand, but a church that would flourish, a church that would grow, a church that would expand the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul realized that people didn't need to come to Christ because of his preaching or anybody else's. They didn't need to come to Christ because he or Apollos or or Peter or any of the Corinthians brought some tremendous persuasive argument. They needed to come to Christ because Christ alone died for their sins on the cross and then rose from the grave. When we focus on anything else, we miss the point. As the women came to the tomb, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. But they didn't have much time to think about how that might have happened because as they looked, they saw two angels. Luke describes them as two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning. And here's how he described what happened next in Luke chapter 24, verse 5. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. There were other things they could have been worried about in that particular moment. Who are these guys? Aren't angels supposed to have a halo and some wings? And what are we going to do with all these extra spices? You know, that costs a lot of money. What are we going to do with all this funeral preparation stuff we've hauled all the way out here from town? They didn't worry about any of that. They had one thing on their mind. We've got to tell somebody about this. They weren't worried about Sunday lunch. They weren't worried about which one of the Marys in the group was more important. They weren't worried about who was going to fix that stone back in front of the entrance to the tomb again. They immediately went back to tell the disciples, Jesus is risen. Folks, that's the one thing that matters today. And not just today. It's the one thing that matters, period. 
Too often in life we get focused on a lot of things. That's been really easy to do during this time when we all have been anxious. And there's some very important things going on. Things about which we are praying that God will place his hand upon those who are ill. Place his hand upon those who are caring for the sick. And those who are working and serving to make sure we get through this in a safe, healthy way. Those are all very significant. They're all very important. But... In comparison, they pale before the main thing. Before what we celebrate today. And not just today. This is a truth we should live by every day. Every decision we make. Every action we take. Everything that we do should be colored by this one truth. Jesus is risen. Everything that we do should focus on that. Because the fact that Jesus is risen changes everything. Before he had come to Corinth, Paul made a very specific decision. He talks about it in that second verse. He says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul made a very clear choice. If I don't accomplish anything else in Corinth, I'm going to do this one thing. I'm going to tell them about the cross and the resurrection. I'm going to point them to Jesus. And literally nothing else mattered to Paul. He didn't care if they rejected his preaching. He didn't care if they ran him out of town. He didn't care if they threw him in prison. He didn't care if he even had to face execution. Now, obviously, he didn't want any of those things to happen. And and he took steps to try to make sure that he would be able to continue his ministry as long as possible. But those were not the things that determined what he did. He also wasn't worried about whether he or Apollos or, or Peter or anybody else was the top preacher in Jerusalem or anywhere else. He wasn't worried about whether his name would be first in the record book. Why? Why wasn't Paul concerned about these things that seemed to be embroiling the Corinthian church? Because for Paul, the fact that Jesus rose from the grave changed everything. It changed Paul from a power-hungry religious leader to a missionary seeking to share the gospel. It changed the disciples from a frightened group of social misfits to men focused on sharing the message of Christ. It changed the focus of the church in Corinth from who's the leader to how can we best share Christ and Him crucified, now risen. It changed everything for them. It changes everything for us too. The resurrection changes everything. It changed the women that first Easter Sunday morning from volunteer funeral directors to the very first missionaries of the gospel. It changed Peter from a disciple hiding from the Roman authorities to a believer wondering, about the power of his Savior. It 
changed two men who were on the road to Emmaus from men concerned about the political unrest in Jerusalem to disciples who declared, It's true. The Lord is risen. And it changed the disciples from men hiding in an upper room to men ready to risk their lives to tell other people that Jesus is risen. It changes you and me too. So today make the decision. My life is no longer going to be controlled by things that don't matter. People will long, soon for, they'll forget all about who led the sales force. They'll forget all about who drove the nicest car. They'll forget all about whose name was on the biggest office. And, and yes, they'll forget all about COVID-19. But one thing will always matter. Jesus is risen. And as we pray for each other during these these challenging days, as we seek to reach out and help those who are in need, as we try to find ways to to get through this sheltering in place and, and look forward to a better day, don't allow it to take your focus off of the main thing. Jesus is risen. Heavenly Father, today we give you praise that we do not worship a nice philosophy. We do not bow before a statue of a good man. We worship the risen Savior. And Lord, we have many concerns. You know that. You recognize the problems that we face currently and and other issues that will come in our life and in this world. And, And you know those are significant and you help us through them. But God, help us always to keep our focus on this one truth. Our Savior lives. For it is in the name of the risen Savior we pray. Amen. As we've done each week, we we, we issue an opportunity to you, an opportunity to respond to what Christ is doing in your life. Now, I know we can't have a public invitation the way we normally would do, but, but we would very much like to share with you more about what it means to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you would like to know more about this Jesus who is risen, we want to share it with you. Just email us here at the church nhbc at nationalheights.org. We'll be glad to respond to you with information from the scripture about how you can personally receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe there's another decision that you have on your heart, and we would be glad for you to uh, know how you can be a part of this church congregation or, or some other way that God is dealing in your life. We'd be glad to be praying with you. But just respond to us by email, and, and we'll be glad to pray with you today or in the days to come. Thank you again for your faithfulness. Thank you for your service in God's kingdom. Thank you for worshiping with us today and remembering that our Savior lives. God bless you.